2: 20 minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast oh
3: what's going on packer fans we are laughing so that we don't cry how are you doing this is the pack a day <laughs> podcast post game show you are joined by the one and only alex strofe Harry goldstein myself I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what I want to talk about guys. I was supposed to do. I, I told everyone on yesterday's show that I was going to do a live post game show after today's show. It wasn't that I necessarily didn't want to. It wasn't that it was because they lost. It was more because I didn't do it just because I didn't know what to talk about. I didn't know like what more to say about this team that hasn't already been said over the course of the last couple weeks. So I needed a hot second just to compose my thoughts and figure out what the heck I wanted to go over. And most importantly, I needed you two to help me get through this moment. So Alex, I will start with you. How are you doing? And just walk me through
2: your pain. Yeah. Um. So, so let me start here. So I, I did my pregame show on ESPN Wisconsin WTMJ today. Uh, and a big topic of a conversation when, when Brian Bilago was with us, was that this team just doesn't score points in the first half. Uh, Entering play on Sunday, they were 31st in the league, only ahead of the Giants in terms of points per game in the first half. And in the third quarter, they were number one, right? But in in the second half, they were number one uh, in front of Miami. And it just continually is a theme with this team that they don't score in the first half offensively, obviously. and, And in the second half, they come out looking better. And again, on Sunday, that was the case. And I tweeted, once they took the lead 17-16, something along the lines of, this is only going to work out, only going to go well if you play bad teams. And luckily, you're playing a bad team today. But what I keep forgetting, and I was once again reminded on Sunday, and I saw Perry tweet this at some point on Sunday, was the Packers are also a bad team. And I, I, I came into this... Uh, you know, it's very therapeutic for me. I look forward to this when we lose on Sundays. That I, 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 my expectations were low in terms of what they have been my entire life, right? I'm 24, almost 25 years old. All I know is Farben Rogers and winning. So coming into this season, my expectations were low. And I knew there would be roller coastery moments, including three-game losing streaks, which the Packers are currently on. But I didn't think it'd look this ugly. And I didn't think I'd be this uncertain when it comes to the two names we're going to talk plenty about tonight, which are Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur. I am losing faith week after week in both of those two individuals who after week one, when they beat down the Bears, I thought I was going to have a ton of faith in this season. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty damn low, guys. That's where I'm at right now. Uh, I'll I'll wrap it up there. Good go go ahead. Yeah,
1: yeah. well, okay. So I keep going back to like what this year was supposed to mean for this team, right? Which was that like it was never gonna be contention, they were never going to be good, it was always going to be, like you said, Alex, roller coaster, evaluative, kind of really young, growing pain type season, and that was gonna come with some like really probably bad feel gross losses. Um but that's not like what we're seeing right now, especially with the Raiders loss and this Broncos loss. Like if there were things that I could point to and be like, but this is going well and this is going well and that's going well, but this, this, and this aren't going well, but we're seeing some level of growth. I'd be like, you know what? The losses don't feel that bad because there's some things that are like trajectorily I can point to. So I'm cool there's nothing going well. <laughs> like, like legitimately nothing. The o- like And that's, that's the hard part for me because until, and we'll get to this, um, until the very last like pick of the game that, that, that last decision that Jordan Love made, I was actually thinking that I didn't feel like Jordan Love was the reason that they were playing poorly I was actually like you know what there are a lot of things going wrong in this game but I actually don't put this this specific loss on love like they I didn't think that Matt LaFleur was trusting him at all to throw like longer than five yards down the field I think you can look at the young receivers and there's clearly still so much they need to learn and it's seven weeks into the season and I tweeted this out and like it's not young growing pains anymore. You're 7 weeks into the season. You can't be running wrong routes anymore. Like you got to know the playbook. Like that is so wholly unacceptable. Um the O-line it still looks terrible. They still have they still have bad penalties. I mean, all of these things that are adding up to be bad offense. And again, like you look at all these different things that they're doing poorly and I don't know, like nothing's going well. Um, So you put that kind of back on the coach and Matt LaFleur, he puts it on his shoulders as he should, but like legitimately, like this is now on Matt LaFleur and I'm a big Matt LaFleur stand. and people are getting really hot takey on Twitter. I'm not getting hot takey on this. Is his seat hot? Yes. Um, Is anything going to happen with Matt LaFleur after the season? Probably not. Like I said, this is an evaluative year. Um, it's an evaluative year for everyone, but it's really hard to evaluate anyone when nothing's going well. Um, So I just like, I don't feel great. And then, you know, I'm I'm talking about kind of everything with my family and our family group chat. And my dad is very much going off about the defense. And again, I don't know how to evaluate this defense (laughs) when they're not playing complimentary football, because I don't, I don't know how you look at this defense in a vacuum when the offense can't score points. Theoretically you can look at them only allowing like one touchdown against a pretty bad team and say, well, they did just fine. Like they should be able to beat this team by only letting them score one touchdown. But I also don't like what I'm seeing from the defense, but it's hard to evaluate them. So I'm not feeling good because I'm just not seeing any progress and I'm not seeing anything that I can point to that like they're legitimately doing well. And I was feeling okay about Jordan love specifically in this game as just being like, not the problem until that really, 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 really bad decision at the end of the game. Um, So now it's no one. <sighs> <laughs> That
3: was a um, lot, sorry. <laughs> no, I, no, it's a lot, and it's all things I wanted to go over, obviously, in some capacity. Um, I want to start with Alex first. One of the things I said in the pregame show was, and, and even to your point, Perry, of this being on Matt LaFleur more, but my last point in, in my takeaways going into this game was that this was a Matt LaFleur game, and what I meant by that was... You, you, this could not be another starting slow game. This could not be another you're down multiple scores at halftime. This could not be another, well, we need to see guys competing in the second half and playing, you know, just going out there and, you know, we're just going to keep battling. Like this needed to be a situation where on offense, you had something to bring to the table as a coach slash coordinator slash play caller to get this offense going against one of the worst defenses in football, And find ways to put your players in positions to succeed and just get freaking points. And yes, Anders Carlson misses a field goal. It wasn't like it was a 25 yarder, it was one that he should have made. But at best, you're looking at three points in the first half. And instead, you end at zero. You're down nine nothing at halftime. And now, over the course of the last four games, you've been outscored 63 to six in the first half of games over those four games. And you're lucky to have won one of them against the Saints in by a a fourth quarter comeback that that is completely, as you said, kind of Perry unacceptable on so many levels that you can't put together a functional offense in four consecutive games in a first half of a game. Two of these games, you had multiple time or multiple extra days to prepare. You had the Thursday night game going into a Monday night game against one of the worst teams in football in the Raiders. You had a bye week, going against the Denver Broncos in order to prepare for that game. And you can't get points against those two teams in the first half, man, that, that is a ugly, ugly, ugly look. And to your point about things not getting better, we, we've talked about this. We want to see some progress and we know that progress isn't necessarily linear, And there's a lot that you can learn from going through the crap and the mistakes and all of those things. I can't point to one thing that they've gotten better at over having all of this extended time off. And it looks like, oh, that you can tell. You can tell they've really been focusing on this thing that they were struggling with. And now they're better at it. There's not a single thing. Tackling certainly has not gotten better run blocking certainly has not gotten better. They've, they did okay. In the run game, this game, they played the worst run defense per yards per carry in football. And it looked fine. Yeah. I like it had, there has to be like, like I've said, there has to be something that you can grasp onto and be like, it, it looks like crap right now, but I, I can see this. I can see the vision. I can see it getting better. I can see it growing. And there's none of that. And to your point, with the the defense and like how you go about like it's it's fire Joe Barry, Joe Barry's meh, completely average bleh, meh defense is the best thing freaking going for this team right now, and it's fine at best against some awful offenses, some awful offenses that they're playing, and it's fine, it's fine. I'm not excited about it. It's not good. It's not awful. It's just meh enough to be meh, and it's still better than anything else they have going. And the issue here, and maybe the, like the biggest telltale sign is like, even in a game where you allow 19 points and your team's not playing complimentary football and you're having to play from either even or behind throughout the, basically the entirety of the game, two drives in this one tell you all you really need to know about the defense. Anders Carlson misses the field goal and you're down six, nothing. And you're able to probably go down at halftime, six, nothing. And the Broncos just go easily down the field to kick a field goal and go up nine, nothing.
1: Thank Packers you. actually get a he lead. always does that
3: before and the then, half. And then the Packers actually get a lead 17 to 16. They get a lead 17, 16. And what happens? Stop that stuff comes right back out and it's easy down the field into field goal range. And I, I don't know if I I'm, we're supposed to be like handing the cake that says you tried to limit them to a 53 yard field goal they can make 53 yard field goals. They are allowed to make 53 yard field goals in games to win. And like, you just hand, like it felt like basically handing them opportunity to go out, win the game. And now you have to go put your offense back out on the field and try to get the job done to get the win. Those two drives and you go back to the saints game. What I said in that game of, like, the defense, they only allowed 10 points in that game, right? Because 17 points, 7 was the punt return for the touchdown. They allowed 10 points in that game. But what happens? Packers go up at the end, and the Saints drive right down into field goal range when the game mattered most, and they just got lucky as hell that they missed a 43-ish yarder in that game. Go wherever you want with that, anyone. That's all I got right
1: now. You make such a good point because I, again, at the half, I'm like, it's you have like 40 something seconds left and you're giving them three. You just hand them three and you never know if that three matters. And guess it what? It does. It especially when your offense can barely get down the field. Like those three points matter. And like, I don't mean to like beat down on the defense when like you said, Andy, they're the best thing that's happening right now. But like, come on, man. Like you look at, and I'm, I don't want to pivot us away, Alex, if you want to say something about Joe Barry, but like you look, you look at how much, again, evaluation, uh, how much like talent has been poured into either side of the ball. And I'm just, it's, it's immensely disappointing at the product that is being put out from this defense. Like And I don't know, I, it is hard again. And I I don't want to make excuses to like have a, I don't know, a good team when literally everyone's hurt. (laughs) Like you watch player after player, after player, just get, go down. Like all your starters are down, but man, like anything, something. I mean, if Preston Smith, doesn't make that sack. It, I don't know if it was a sack or just a no gain like run for Russell Wilson. Like who knows if that would have even been just a field goal to win it or if they would have just driven right down the field and scored a touchdown. I the defense is just a massive disappointment because this was supposed to be what held this team together and they're like just a it's just a, th- a couple of threads. This is like not holding the team together.
2: Yeah, I, I, I not, and this isn't making excuses by any means, but obviously you point out the injuries, right? When you're down, Jair Alexander, Devondre Campbell, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, Darnell Savage, that's bad. Um, and I agree, right? There are so many situations in this game and in weeks past where the defense has been completely underwhelming, and, and I'm not even going to harp on it because we spent uh, seven days a week on this podcast doing that. I'm still just – ridiculously pissed off about the lack of offensive execution when the, what you say about this head coach is that he is an offensive genius. Right. And that's, that's the big thing about him. And we saw some different things, but trick plays usually indicate to me that like, you think the other team is going to beat you straight up, you know, and while they're fun and it's fun seeing Dontavian Wicks complete a pass Like, I don't love it. I don't love that straight up, you know, and this episode comes up, what, Monday? So it's been, by the time you are listening to this, it's been 36 days since the Packers have scored a touchdown in the first half. That is a huge issue. That is a huge, 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 huge issue. And uh, while we focus on positives and then whoever wants to take a can, I will throw out um, A.J. Dillon, esteemed author of Quadzilla Finds His Footing found his footing on Sunday. I thought he was I thought he was a positive mark, right? Like he lived up to his book title. So that was good.
1: Yeah, I'm here I, for the I'm here for the AJ Dillon redemption story, sure. Me too. I look look, like I, fine, you want to go with some positive. The run game when both him and and Aaron Jones are healthy. But, but what's the status it's, with
2: him Perry? 8 carries, two catches, most of that in the first half is he going to be healthy? It's it's concerning because he is, and we all agree on this, he's the best playmaker on this offense, bar none, right? Aaron Jones, that is. But it, he retweaks it before Vegas after 11 days off, or I guess when he tweaked it, 10 days off. Uh, he He's limited against Detroit. He's limited, it seems, in this game. I, I, I don't know what's going on with Aaron Jones. The hamstrings suck, injuries suck, but what the hell's going on there? I, I don't know.
1: I don't know. He says he's a hundred percent. Matt Lafleur says he's not going to get thirty touches. It's usually somewhere in the middle. He never really gets thirty touches anyway. So I'm not really sure how that's any different. Um, they never really play balance. They always forget about him. You're playing from behind. They still forget about him. I don't know. I I I I I don't have an answer for you. Um, it's just everything is so different when he's in. I also just feel like. Uh, he's obviously not some kind of like magic elixir for this no. offense anyway. I, you know, we, we've been telling ourselves for weeks, well, well just when Aaron Jones get back, it's, it's all going to be fine. And obviously that's not the case. Like he is not some, like, you know, like I said, magic elixir for this offense. His offense needs a lot more. There are a few things though, that I've been starting to notice. And again, I, I'm, I, I hate that I'm starting to sour on Matt O'Fleur a little bit because It feels wrong Um, But there's some things that I'm starting To notice that are just patterns that were When Aaron Rodgers was also the quarterback And You can't ignore them Right like There's some things where like, you know, it's like run, run, shot play on third down that you always thought was an Aaron Rodgers thing. And it's a thing now with Jordan Love, too. And I'm like, well, maybe that was just a Matt LaFleur issue, you know, like forgetting about the middle of the field all of a sudden. And like, as soon as you remember that the middle of the field exists and things start working and you're like, oh, look, (laughs) that works again. You know, like there's some things like where he starts um, spreading them out wide and it's just nothing's running properly. And then he starts to use some of his like more fun formations and things start to actually like start running smoothly. And you're like, why are you forgetting what works going into this game? Matt, when Maggie and I were reporting packs, what she said, I was like, Matt LaFleur just has to call the game that he called against the bears. Like this Broncos team is bad. This is a bad defense. The bears were also bad. He put some really fun stuff on tape some really fun formation, some bunches, all that kind of stuff. Even like the mesh concepts, all those crossers, when they scored the touchdown, right, that worked, that stuff works. And then he just moves away from it sometimes. And I don't really understand. He did with Rodgers too. And I think Rodgers, like, I mean, we knew it. Rodgers is like Hall of Fame. He was a Band-Aid. Um, and we thought maybe, oh, when Rodgers checks at the line, you know, and changes stuff, I don't know. I mean, maybe there was something to that. I, I'm Like I said, I'm not trying to get hot takey here, but I just am seeing some patterns on some ways that Matt is, like, calling plays mid-game that aren't working, even with Jordan Love, too.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: What's going on, Packer fans? It is time that you make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. If you guys know anything about me whatsoever, you know that I love pizza, that every time the Packers win, I have a victory pizza. And what you should also know is that victory pizza is from Little Caesars. I This is no joke. Little Caesars, by far and away, my favorite pizza. What you can do is you can order online during their Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday. And then you can get ready for football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza. Pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. For me, I have the same order every single time. I'm going with their hot and ready pizza pepperoni, no questions about it. And more importantly than anything else, always, 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 always get the crazy bread. It is, in my opinion, the best food that you can get on the market. I'm not joking. I love crazy bread. Love, love, love crazy bread. Get it every single time you win when you get crazy bread. And speaking of winning... Literally everyone scores with convenient delivery or their in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the game, and always get your victory pizza from Little Caesars. You won't regret it. Pizza, pizza. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? In college, I personally dealt with an addiction that was tough to get over and while my mind kept telling me to do the right things and I wanted to do the right things, it was always hard trying to make the right choices in real time. What I eventually found out was that therapy can help you figure out what's holding you back and how to work for yourself instead of against yourself. Therapy has helped me with my past struggles and helped make me a better person today for my friends and my family. Therapy has helped me learn my trigger points, my destructive habits, and what positive steps to take to ensure that those negative behaviors turn into positive ones. If you're even thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be catered to your schedule, and flexible to your individual needs. The best part is that BetterHelp is so easy to sign up for. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge make your brain your best friend with better help visit betterhelp.com/packaday to get 10% off your first month that's betterhelp h e l p.com/packaday it's finally football season which means Yeah. There's, there's a lot of broken things right now. And clearly one of the things that you mentioned at the onset is that this is an evaluation season. And I, I think one of the real unfortunate aspects of this year for a variety of different reasons is the Aaron Rodgers injury, because we're missing out on a key piece of the evaluation of just seeing what, what does Aaron Rodgers look like still? Because mm-hmm. if, if Aaron Rodgers is tearing it up with New York, man, that's even more telling, right? Like, okay, he's tearing it up in New York and you guys can't, you know, score points in the first half to save your life. All right, we got our evaluation. We know what's kind of broken. The offense is broken. Maybe the coach. Maybe the coordinator. Maybe we didn't know that anyway. But like, if even that, if, if Rogers goes and tears it up somewhere else, especially with Hackett, that's another piece of the evaluation that we get. We don't necessarily get that here. I want to go back to a couple of things that you guys said though. First of all, with Dontavian Wicks and throwing the pass, right? It's a cool play. I like the play call. Sure. What my my mind immediately went to was Thanos in infinity war when, you know, when, uh, um, Tony Stark, uh, Iron Man is doing a million different things and finally hits Thanos and a little drop of blood comes out. And he says all that for a drop of blood. And like, and, and that, like you're pulling all this stuff out and you finally get this drive in the third quarter that's going and you get a field goal out of it. And you're throwing, you're having Dontavian Wicks throw passes to Aaron Jones and you're trying everything you can And you get a drop of blood out of it. And you're not going against Thanos. You're going against Russell Wilson, who's like past his prime. And, you know, Kevin James calling plays on offense for the Broncos. Like you're not going against Thanos and you're still (laughs) having to pull out all of that stuff for a drop of blood for a field to get your first three freaking points of the game. So that's what was going through my head on that one. And because I'm crabby, yes, A.J. Dillon Nice game, really nice rebound game. I'm not going to poo-poo on it too much here. Fifteen, He led the the team in rushing over four yards per carry, led the team in receiving, 34 yards receiving. Nice day from A.J. Dillon. My guess is probably going to be one of the, the higher graded players from this game on either side of the ball. However, the thing that we are highlighting, the thing that we are excited about from this game is 17 touches for 95 yards, no touchdowns. Like it's, 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 it's like five yards per touch. There's no explosive. Like there's the one explosive play, the 30 yarder on the check down where he breaks a tackle and gets downfield. There's no touchdowns. Like Travis Kelsey has like 178 yards on like 12 catches on the day. Puka Nakua puts up like 150 yards. I'm just saying, like the thing that we're most excited about, like the thing, the one thing that went well. And again, I'm H Dale in a, a nice game, but like the 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 one thing that we can grasp onto in this game is a 17 touch, 95 yard, zero touchdown performance. If that's the thing that we are excited about and grasping onto as the, Woo-hoo, this went well. It didn't go very well. But that's and that's the, uh, you know, the Packers right
2: it's, it's, it's the state of the Packers right now. Like, yeah. uh, unfortunately, that's the reality we're living in is that 17 touches and 95 yards and a loss to a horrible team. Yeah, th- that's what we have to hang on to. I, I mean, I just I, look, the Raiders game was bad enough. This is doubling down on, on hell. Like I am miserable. This is my therapy, as I mentioned before. The Bears kicked the hell out of the Raiders today. They beat them by yeah, 18 said, points. Well,
1: they yeah, were, were both. They both had quarterback. backup quarterbacks, so I think everything starts out even. But yes,
2: regardless, like that's a team the Packers were, were battling with on eleven days prep and lost to. I mean, it, like it, what we are seeing is is wildly unacceptable on, on every facet. So yeah, seventeen touches and ninety five yards. I'll take it. Like, like, <laughs> unfortunately that's where we are. Sorry. Continue. To, sorry to cut you off, but continue.
3: No, that, that's good. Those are the main things that I wanted to say. And I, I guess going back to, to Perry's as well. And I know there are some things and we saw some of the mesh concepts and some things that got going from time to time. I I just don't know that there's anything that this offense has to go to honestly. And Jordan Love can't throw deep. We've seen the numbers of him throwing deep. Uh, Rob Domovsky posted on throws of twenty plus or more air yards. He's now six of twenty-seven, twenty-two percent pass, twenty-two uh, percent completion percentage, zero touchdowns, three interceptions on those throws so far this season. Uh, he can't throw deep, and even on like, even on some of the like free plays or plays that don't end up going in the books, like it's just it's not accurate. There's no real risk there. Your running game has no real spark to it. And yes, getting Jones back is nice. We saw a little bit more from Dylan today. As Matt LaFleur mentioned in his postgame presser, you score points by getting explosives. This, this team has no way of getting explosives through the, the air or through the ground. And then what do you try next? All right, well, we need to try, like, let's get the screen game going. The screen game has been an unmitigated nightmare. And they keep trying it because they don't have much else that they can go to at this point, And that doesn't work. They're trying some one-on-one routes of fade to Romeo Dobbs in the end. of that stuff isn't necessarily working. Your receivers are stacked in the same spots on numerous occasions through multiple weeks. The pass protection is fine as long as you don't run into a Max Crosby or a Aiden Hutchinson. Um, and in, even then it's like, it's, it's fine. It's not great. It's not good. It's fine. But when you have one of those players, they still have the ability and propensity to completely take over a game. There's just not much else you can go to. You're, you're getting to the point where, you're running Jordan Love QB draws as like a, a core play that is working. You're going to Dontavian Wick's pass plays. We're going back to, a you know, not in this game, but Emmanuel Wilson throwing back to Jordan Love, trying to find Dontavian Wicks down the field. You've seen flea flickers. You've seen just about everything to try. You've seen rollouts, screen passes on the other side of the field against the bears to try to, to try to get anything moving. And I applaud Matt LaFleur's creativity, and, and trying to get some of that stuff. And some of it's been pretty cool, but if you can't run block, your pass protection's okay. Your quarterback can't throw deep. Your receivers can't consistently get open or and, or are in the same spot on the field at the same time. As I've mentioned in the last couple of weeks, if I'm Matt LaFleur and I'm looking at my play sheet, it just spells F-U-C-K-E-D because there's nothing on it that you can go to that you have any level of confidence for, except I guess a Jordan Love QB draw unless. Uh, Elton Jenkins commits a 10 yard holding penalty at its most inopportune time. So once again, so, I, I cede the floor.
1: Andy, my question to you, I have two questions because like you watch the film and I don't have the all 22. So my questions for you are like, what is the balance between this being on Jordan love and his inaccuracy, especially with the deep stuff and it yeah. being that the receivers are just not getting open aren't in the right spots and my second question and maybe this is like we have a discussion on the first question and then get to the second question but I just was thinking about it today after the game like what do the Packers do (laughs) like going forward like what what do you do you just take the season right and hope to have a really high draft pick because to me like if you're really trying to evaluate these guys and these young guys deserve the season to evaluate them I don't think taking's the option but like what do you what, what do you do now
3: Yeah. So with the first one, um, I I will say I I think it's and this is such a lame and cliche and boring and unsexy answer. I totally get it. And maybe it's a cop out. It's literally everything. But to the point where, like, it's everything, but it's not one thing egregiously. I don't think you can just point to Jordan and just say, he's awful. He's terrible. He sucks. It's whatever. He's not being set up in any sort of position to succeed. You give any first time starter, zero running game, a play action game. That's not working a screen game. That's not working receivers consistently in the same spots down the field and not having any sort of consistent rhythm or timing with said wide receivers, not to mention Romeo Dobbs, missing games, Christian Watson missing games now probably missing more games like just all these guys in and out of the lineup losing your left tackle for the season. Like you do all of that. You're not setting them up for success at the same time. It's not a get out of jail free card to make mistakes. You still can't make dumb decisions down the field in inopportune times when the game is on the line, Jordan still needs to be better in those situations and circumstances. Also knowing that this team as a whole needs to do a better job of putting him in a position to be successful like the offensive line, like individually, you can point to some things that are okay. And like the pass protection from time to time, same thing, but like the run blocking needs to be better wide receivers. There are times where you're seeing Watson and Reed and Dobbs make, you know, solid plays other times where they're not getting open or they're not in the right spot on the field. And it's just like, if everyone, and it's really to what Malifor saying, if like everyone just does a little bit better and does, if Elton Jenkins, your best offensive lineman, it literally to the if, to its greatest extent, if Elton just doesn't have a holding penalty, your best offensive lineman doesn't have a holding penalty at its most inopportune time, you might win that game. Like yeah. literally. So yeah. that, that's number one. It's just everyone needs to be a little bit better. Now we can talk about some, maybe some of the Josh is of the worlds and like those sort of things where it's just like, all right, maybe you need to legitimately try something new at this point. But overall – if everyone just does, you know, 2% better every single week, you're going to start seeing some things collectively look a whole heck of a lot better, but it's also, you can't point to anyone that's playing a consistent brand of football and feel super great about it either. Um, The other, to your second question, what I would say is what, what I want to see from this team is really to be all in on the idea that you are not playing for 2023 Like, and I know that's a hard concept to get across to fans. I know it's a hard concept to get across, but fans are not smart for the most part. Fans are smarter now; like they know, like even if some crazy way you make a run into the playoffs, you are not a playoff contending team in any capacity this year. Not to mention, you're not making a crazy run into the playoffs. So, yeah, I'm not saying the T word. I'm not saying you know Caleb Williams here. I'm not saying that you should. Act, you know, actively try for any of those sort of things. But what I am saying is understand that 2023 is not your season and understand that in order to get to the point where you want to be the Tucker crafts, the Rashid walkers, the, you know, the Devonte Wyatts, the Quay walkers, the Carrington Valentine's, the Carl Brooks, the Colby Wooden's the, all of them, all of the 25 and under players on this team in which there are a plethora of massively talented players. The only thing that matters is that they have the baseline of technique and skill and fundamentals that they need to play at an insanely high level in 2024, 2025 and beyond. So that when you have all of the money in free agency and three more top uh, 50 picks this upcoming season, not to mention one that might just be in the top five of this upcoming draft that when you start adding more talent and now your free agent money opens up and you can go out and spend some money and when now all of these core players that are on your team can hopefully be good down the road they can't do that if you're just playing for this week if just we've we've got to figure out a way to get the Dontavian Wick's pass to Aaron Jones in the playbook this week so that we can pick up 10 yards so we can hopefully get a field goal that's not going to help anything long term so my my hope and my wish would be that you take you scale everything back You work on the basics, you work on the fundamentals, and get that stuff down so that this whole group of players that are under contract for a while, that are super young, that are super talented, are good in a year to two from now and consistently getting better at the small stuff rather than just working on scheme and, again, throwing passes with Dante Wicks every week.
1: Yeah, you got to be able to see the forest through the trees, I think. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, really it's a really good answer. Um, yeah, I, I think this team has the ability to be pretty darn good in 2024. I just think that's going to result in a really weird 2023. And We thought this all along, right? We're through six games now. We know it's going to be strange. Where my head keeps going, though, and Perry, I want to go back to something you said like 25 minutes ago related to Jordan Love. And, and it was overall, I tend to agree, I think he had a pretty good game. But if, and it's kind of what we have to do if we're in an evaluation period is nitpick a little bit. Uh, both of the touchdown passes were were bad. Uh, the second one was just weird. It was a good throw that that was tipped and obviously caught. First one was a bad throw where Romeo Dobbs made an amazing adjustment on it. Uh, the interception, I'm still scratching my head. What what are we now? Like three and a half hours removed. Um, and a lot of it's just short game, right? And I, I don't know how much of that is his fault, but what does it tell you that Matt LaFleur believes? In the deep ball, obviously, we read the stat earlier. We're through six games, and I I don't like when Mark Murphy speaks ever, typically. But Mark Murphy did say that idiotic quote in the offseason. Eight games, is we'll we'll, we'll probably know whether or not he's it. And we are 75% to eight games. I don't know if he's it yet. And, And I'm not saying Mark Murphy's right in that evaluation that we'll know through eight games. But if we're using his deadline, the president and CEO of the Green Bay Packers, we don't have a very good answer through six games. So I, I thought he was fine. And I think he's been fine, except that that last throw, I don't know what he was going for there still. Does anybody have any sort of an answer for me on that throw? And then you got, can respond to the rest.
1: Andy?
3: Yeah, I... I definitely I'm going to sound like Matt Lafleur and saying I, I watched it obviously on the the TV tape uh, on the replay and then I I've rewatched the game on the condensed version but until you see the all 22 you can't really say totally for sure mm-hmm. but if you look at it from what I'm seeing is you, you watch Toure come left to right safety is kind of far this corner and Toure is coming across and the the, the corner is kind of going with them but it looks like Toure is going to kind of come open like deep this way down the field without necessarily having a safety in that direct spot. Safety is kind of more off to the left. If, if you're, you know, if you're Jordan love throwing down the field, I just think, you know, I think the decision in that situation is probably not to take that shot, but I can see what he was thinking fundamentally The ball is terrible, so yeah. So, like, if he throws that on a line down the field to like a streaking Samore Touré, it's probably still at least somewhat contested, and it probably takes like a ridiculous perfect ball to even come close to any sort of real completion. But maybe you're just giving your guy a chance on a third and 20. Well, I'm I'm like less super concerned about that, but that ball. Hangs, first of all, it's underthrown. It hangs forever. Like, if they have any safety on the field, even if it was far, far left, that safety is ranging over and making a play on that ball. And you just gave the safety every opportunity to make a play on it. You made, you let the corner have every opportunity to make a play on it. You gave some more a 0% chance to make a play on it. And you didn't put that ball anywhere near. And it's just like, it's another where it's like almost like the Aaron Rodgers throwing off the back foot, throwing, throwing one up. And that, that that's the, that's the poor decision. It's like, again, I can sort of understand and see why he wanted to go there. The decision can't be back foot, throw it up and then just put that much air under it. That's, that's the much bigger problem to me. The
1: other thing for me on the decision too, was just like the amount of time on the clock and the down, if it was like, like hail Mary time. Sure. I mean, third down, fourth down, no time left on the clock. This is all we got left. I don't care about that decision, but you got, you had so much time left on the clock. It's not even third or fourth down yet. Like you, all you it was need third to do is it was
3: third and 20.
1: Oh, I thought it was second and 20.
3: Third and I think, it's third, oh, I it third I
1: think it's third and 20. Okay. Right even, you're even, even still though, like you're, you are probably still maybe in fourth down territory if you really want to go and try to win that game. Like Like I I just, I just, that, that's the piece to me. And again, maybe that's just like, you got to learn to make those decisions on the fly. And maybe this is like a young guy trying to put the team on his back in that moment. And he just thought, I'm going to like shoot my shot here. And those are things you have to learn from. But that, that's, that was the thing for me was like the, the down and the amount of time left on the clock. Yeah. Um,
2: if, If you're down five, it makes more sense. But you're yeah, too. And you're not far from field goal range. And I know Anders missed one in the first half, which ultimately gives you the lead if we do that math. But I I it, yeah, it just didn't add up to me. And, and Andy, to your point, I, I, that's kind of what I thought, like maybe trying to throw a ridiculous dot 45, 50 yards downfield. But it was a horrible ball. And that but was again, the the call, call
1: too. Game. like the call is also like, I, again, like you're going to and Matt said it in his press conference and put it on me. But like, why the call? The the call was bad too. And also to Samori Touré, like I I get Christian was hurt, but like any other player deep, like throw it to any other player deep. Like that's not your deep threat. No. I, I don't know. There was so much wrong with it. All of it was wrong. And that's your point, Andy, right? Is that just like it's a it's a really good example of like why all you take all these little decisions and you put them all together, and that's why everything is wrong with this offense.
3: Yeah, it, it was third and twenty, and it was the uh, so you get the big play by Dylan on first down with before the two minute warning, you run right up the middle, you get zero yards right. to make it right. second and ten, yeah. then you've got the Jordan Love, uh, this the you know QB keeper or whatever on um, the draw yeah. play. And that has the holding to make it second and 20. Then you have the Christian Watson injury that was late to Watson and he goes out and then you've got the, the interception on third and 20. So like the, the back-to-back-to-back plays of holding on Jenkins injury by Watson, which who God knows how long that's probably going to be now. And then, um, and then the interception, just the, the three plays of doom to end what was a, what was a the game that let's be real. Like, maybe they get away with that win. Right. I, I feel 0.0% different about it. Maybe to your point, Perry, without the love interception, maybe you feel a little bit better about Jordan where at least it wasn't anything awful on Jordan. There's nothing. If they, if they go down and win that game and kick the game, winning field goal, maybe it gives the team a little boost of, like, we got a win, we got the whatever off our back, and you can go on and make improvement. There's nothing that Green Bay should have felt good about coming out of that game, even if they go down and get a 50-yard Anders Carlson to win at the end.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't don't think a win-loss, like, based on the way that they played, changes the way that I feel about this game. The only thing that I – you feel differently – I, I think I
2: do just because it's a way I'm not saying I'm, I'm thrilled and over the moon by any means, but I'm certainly a, a hell of a lot happier about three and three than I am two and four. And, and oh. I think, Andy more your point was in the locker room. They're not saying, yes, we smoke them. Right. We feel great about everything we did today. And you shouldn't. But no,
1: I but you're not pointing at anything that they did well, like they they didn't deserve that win. The only thing I would say, though, is that, like, I think a young team needs to learn how to win. Mm -hmm. And I think like when you when you can come from behind and like a morale situation, I think that that could go a long way. I do worry about them getting down on each other or on themselves. I, I don't know that that's just like, again, like I, I don't know what the locker room is like. And to your point, Andy, if you want, like they're supposed to grow together and like you're thinking towards the future. Um, and so you don't want a loss like this to impact that. Um, but I yeah, no, I mean, they didn't, they, the play on the field and the way you feel about their like performance does not change whether they can like get 10 more yards and kick a field goal.
2: I I guess we didn't do the show together after the Saints game, but the first three quarters were brutal. And they come out in the fourth quarter, they play really well, and they're 2-1 and all of a sudden. I don't think any of us were saying, hey, that's a Super Bowl team, but we were feeling a lot better about a really nice fourth quarter after three really bad quarters. And if they find a way to win this game, I I think to your point, Perry – you feel good when young players find ways to win. You just feel better. And again, I'm not. I don't think the tone and the content of our show changes a ton outside of hey, the Packers are three and three, and they don't have the same amount of wins as the Bears.
1: But I would counter you that the Saints game and the timing of the Saints game in the season really matters because that was sure. very early on in the season, and now we are a handful of games later where nothing has changed, and no. that. Important part,
2: and and you're right. And as Andy said earlier, and I'll steal that phrase because I like it. Progression is not linear, right? And I I think you're right on that. Like I do not believe they have gotten a ton better. But if they're three and three with uh, what would the math be on that? Eleven games to play. I think you have a little bit more faith than we do right now, as as depressed as we are. Uh, that maybe at some point they can turn this thing around. Because if you're five hundred through six games the way the way you've played that give, that should give you faith by December, you're, you're a little bit better. But at two and four, we're sitting here talking about, eh, maybe they should think quarterback when they have a top 10 kick.
1: No, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't agree with the logic. I,
2: I agree to disagree. Fair enough.
3: I think, it's, I think it's more, I think it's pig lipstick. It's just, it's, it, it, I think it's, it, you, yes, you get the little boost from picking up a win. I, I do agree with both of you in that. I do think for a young team, finding ways to win is valuable, And I think you can pick some things up from that. And I do think Green Bay deserves some modicum of whatever you want to give them for finding a way to come back and grab a lead in this game. I I don't know. To me, I look at, I'm at the point in every single season, and this has been the case for a while now where I look at process and where I look at how are they playing overall as a football team. There have been a lot of times where Green Bay has lost especially when they've been really good football teams. And I can toss it aside very easily because I'm like, the process was good. They had a couple of bad bounces go against them. This is a team that's playing good football overall. I'm not concerned about it. On the flip side, there are times where you get wins. And I think the Saints win is a, a fairly decent version of that. And if they would have won this one, it would have been the same thing of like, yeah, yeah, they got the win. But as I look at that, that that's a losing performance. That is yeah. a losing performance all day, every day. That just happens to have a W next to it. And it's, it ultimately, I think sometimes can be fool's gold. And I think sometimes it can be, um, I think sometimes it can almost give a false sense of security, not only for like the fans, but for like the team. And I think sometimes like those, like the really ugly losses like we saw today really can expose real big flaws and I think are also going to expose who bounces back from this, who really decides to get better, who leads that locker room or do they fold? This is a, I mean, we don't ever really want to see these tests, but this is a big time culture test in green Bay right now. We've seen some as of late, we've seen far more than we would have liked. And I'm sure some people would argue they've already failed a, a culture test at this point. And which point that's, it's anyone's prerogative that I'm not going to argue against a, a ton right now, but this is another huge culture test. And now, man, they've got, uh, they've got a really big week coming up again, going against the Vikings team. That's going to probably be, well, that is going to be without Justin Jefferson and Marcus Davenport. And um, is also just a, not a great football team right now. Let's talk about something more fun. Let's talk about injuries. Uh, Jair Alexander Alexander was inactive in this game. Dontavian Wicks, Jaden Reed, and Josh Myers all went out at one point in the game, but did return. So Reed, Wicks, and Myers all returned, but were injured at one point. We talked about the Christian Watson injury. Luke Musgrave apparently was in a walking boot at the end of the game. He got hit in the head. He got hit in the head and was walking fine afterwards. I don't know how he's in a walking boot, but apparently he's in a walking boot after the game, not to mention he got hit very hard in the head. And I don't believe he ever returned to the game. Devontae Wyatt gets carted off, never returns to the game. Eric Stokes pulls his hamstring again, covering a punt of all things because, yeah. Um, Darnell Savage goes out with the calf injury again, not not non-contact, just goes down on the play. So yeah, um, and then you know again, Jair was inactive, and Devontae Campbell were inactive uh, going into that game already. Tyler Davis and David Bakhtiari out for the year. And it's going to be a very interesting injury report come come what Wednesday. So
2: yeah, I mean. You you read that list uh, right after making a point about leadership, right? And how many veterans did you just rattle off? Well, veterans, yeah. right? Did you just rattle off? I mean, it's an important list of players. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a total culture shock. And uh, I, I I made a remark earlier about in terms of scoring and offense, nothing has been easy. This certainly hasn't helped. This injury report has been awful all season long, and it it just sucks. But it is what it is. Perry, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead.
1: No, it's okay. I mean, there's just something about coming out of the bye more injured that just doesn't feel great, right? Like you you, you hear the early bye, you think, okay, good, Green Bay can get healthy, and you still now are going to be potentially without some of your starters, and it doesn't get easier from here. Um, so, I mean, this is football, but, yeah, that sucks. That really sucks. And Christian Watson – I don't want to know what that injury is because my fears are bad, really bad.
2: I agree.
3: Well, well, that's fun. Um, Anything else, Adele, that anyone wanted to cover or go over before we get out of here?
2: Um, I don't know that we ever thought this, especially after the Raiders lost, but there's clearly no gimmies on the schedule. Um, if there was one, it was today, uh, yesterday, I guess, when you're listening to this and, uh, yeah, this is, this is going to be a long year, but, uh, I, I like Perry's view on it rather than calling it a long year. It's a year of evaluation. Um, and we will continue to evaluate and figure out. I said before, right, like this could be a pretty good team in 2024. So we will continue to evaluate and figure out what exactly will be those good parts of 2024. And hopefully 2024 in the first to six games, seven weeks, has a hell of a lot less injuries than it has in 2023. Perry, anything
1: else? I mean... You're smiling? Um, You're smiling at least? No, that was, that was a cringe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I expected it to be like a little bit painful and rocky, but I didn't expect it to be this bad. Um, So I'm, I'm concerned. I'm definitely a little bit deeply concerned, but there's a lot of season left. That's just, I guess what I'm going to like. Is that a positive? Yeah. 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 No, I mean like there, there's still a lot of season left and yeah. look, we could, we could be in December and just be like, okay, is the season over yet? Because I can't watch this anymore. Or we could be in December and be like, man, that Broncos game was just rock bottom and they climbed their way out from a hole and look at how resilient this team is. You know what I mean? Like there's still a lot of time left for them to figure this out. So that's what I'm just going to go off of.
2: Hey, the former quarterback believes in manifestation, Perry. So let's manifest that this is rock bottom. This is is the most depressing episode we ever (laughs) do. Let's hope. Let's hope.
3: Uh, Yeah, we'll leave it on that. We'll leave it on Perry's positive notes and uh, we'll hope for better days to come moving forward. Obviously a difficult day and a difficult time period right now for Green Bay. I don't think anyone after a a two and one start to the season necessarily saw this coming. We knew that there were going to be some serious bumps in the road. I think a lot of us maybe looked at the schedule coming up, uh, going in a little bit later when you start seeing some of the Chiefs and Chargers and those sort of teams on the schedule and feeling like that may have been the time and maybe not so much when you're facing the Broncos and the Raiders. But here we are. And now it's going to be up to Green Bay, the coaching staff, the front office and everyone to sort of come together and find a way to right the ship, get things back going in the right direction and really um, starting to, to build this team kind of back from the ground up and hopefully put together something that can look like a successful team
2: moving forward. Alex, where can we find all of your amazing work? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alex underscore Strove. Subscribe to the Mr. Irrelevant podcast. I'm talking Badgers tomorrow. We do it three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. David Gilreath, who you may remember from Ohio State, Wisconsin, had the great kick return remember. a decade ago, will join me on tomorrow's episode. And comedian Chade Arena will join me later in the week. So. Uh yeah, I, I need to like get on a Packers break, even though we just came off the bye week because uh, this was good therapy by all means. But I'm I'm sad, guys. So that's where you can find me. Thanks.
3: Sam. We should we should have the comedian on tonight. That would have been very, very helpful. <laughs> but uh, Perry, where can we find you and all your work?
1: Um just follow me on Twitter and the podcast at What She said podcast. There will be more therapy with myself and Maggie Loney on Monday night, uh, you can get the YouTube version Monday night or the podcast version Tuesday morning, uh, wherever you get your podcasts.
3: We are Packers 365, ride or die, no matter what, win or lose, sunshine, mm-hmm. rainbows, huge, heaping piles of you know what, or anything in between. We got you covered, so make sure to check out the pack Day podcast 365 days a year. Check out the Packaday podcast memberships if you have not yet done so. Shout out to all the All-Pro and Hall of Fame members on the Hall of Fame page that you're seeing on the YouTube video right now. We will see you guys back soon, hopefully the next time Alex and Perry and I talk. We are finally talking about a Victory Monday, which will feel very well-deserved, hopefully, by that point. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us, and until next time, and as always, go pack go.